Welcome everyone to a very, very special edition of the podcast today. As always, before we get into it, some very quick housekeeping. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. I post little clips of all my episodes when they drop. Um, you'll see all the future guests that are coming on the show, and it's a it's a great way for us to uh, to interact. I've gotten a, a bunch of really cool DMs recently, um, so I really appreciate all you guys' uh, feedback and, and support. So please uh, follow me on there. And then if you want to watch the episodes, YouTube, search my name, Felix Levine. There you'll find everything in its full video formats. Uh, website felix-levine.com if you're interested in that there's also my email on there so if you want to contact me uh, I get some I get some funny ones every so often so uh, please make sure you you do that because I love hearing from you guys and my guest today he fights this Saturday May 7th at UFC 274 please welcome Randy Brown What's up, my What's man? Up, man? Felix, what up? It's good to uh, it's good to have you on the show. Um, good to meet you. And so likewise, you on short notice, uh, you fighters are, are kind of used to that sometimes, but I appreciate you uh, making the trip today. Anytime, my man. Anytime. So, told you a few seconds ago. Mm -hmm. Little tidbit, little story, little something. In the world. Oh, we getting right, we getting right into it. Right into it. All right. No time to waste. Um, shoot. So, something about me. It's, it's interesting, huh? Um, that the fights, something interesting that the fight fans don't know. I give you one. Um, a lot of people don't know that I'm I'm super into animals. Growing up, I was like an animal kid that loved, which every kid loves animals, you know what I'm saying? But for me, it was interesting because I grew up in the islands, right? And I grew up extremely poor, like on like captured land. You know what captured land is? No. It's almost like squatting. You get a piece of land, you find a piece of land. You claim the piece of land, you clean it up, you put your house there, right? Wow. So we put in in this area in Old Harbor, right, where we, a lot of people started doing that and it ultimately became a community. A lot of people built up. It's like now, when we went there, it was probably two houses, my mom's house that we built and another house. It was a board house with a sheet metal roof, you know what I mean? So wait, hold on, before, so, so you just pick the piece of land, mm -hmm. plop down, yeah, and like build... And you just build, you just build whatever. It's it's a wood, it's a board house, so you can always tear it down and move. But okay, yeah, that's what we did, you know, because you know hard times at the time, and right. then we just went there, and I had I had dogs. I like dogs, right? I happened, I came across a, a an opportunity to own a Rottweiler, an exotic, quote unquote, exotic exotic dog. <laughs> what do you mean? Came but, across an opportunity? Yeah, you know, like my, you saw one, you're like, no, no, no. My boy, my boy had a. He had a Rottweiler that had puppies. You know what I mean? And okay, he, okay. And he was like, you know, so he, he gave me one. Actually, he was like, yo, you want, right, right, you want right. a puppy? And I was like, yeah. And then I, I I raised him. And as a kid, my mom, she used to she used to go, you know, she used to sell like uh like women's clothes, women's underwear okay. and bras and stuff like that. And she used to walk. She used to have to walk like from from where I was to, in in Old Harbor at the place called Techford all the way to um to Spanish Town. Right, daily, and she used to walk and just sell, sell her stuff. Right, and during that time, I would just like 
I would skip school. I would not go to school. I'd be home. I'd just do my own thing. You know what I mean? And I had these dogs. I was just my companions. I used to like take them up in the woods. You know, where we lived, it was like in the bushes and shit, in the hills. So I used to like take them up. So you're how old at this point? This point, I had to be probably like maybe 11. Oh, okay. And, 11 and, how many, and so how many Rottweilers you have? I had two Rottweilers. I ended up getting a German Shepherd. And then I got, a, and then I had a, a, a pit bull. You had four? Yeah. And then I used to, I used to just walk and roam with them. I raised them. I trained them extremely well. I no, no teacher. No one taught me anything. No one taught me. I didn't watch any videos, anything. And I had these dogs. Wait, hold on. But the Rottweilers were from your boy. Rottweilers from my boy. So where the other two come from? Um, the German. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just found those. The German, the German Shepherd was. Uh, I took them. I took the German Shepherd. What do you mean? I took them. I just took them, man. It was from where? Yeah, some. In oh, someone's yard yeah. at the time, you know, I took them. It, oh. it is what it is. And, and so, wait, so they were, they were, they were, so they were babies at the time, and then you trained all. Yeah, they're they're babies. Yeah, and then the pit bull, my another one of my friends gave me that one. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, so then, damn. So you were like fully like a dog. Yeah, and I trained them. I had them like airtight. So like what like, what kind of thing like like they would like tricks uh, and shit. No, nah, not tricks. I had them as like uh, attack dogs. I had them as guard dogs. Oh, really? Um, That's kind of fire. And I fully had them doing anything. Like I could take them off leash, sit. You couldn't even come sit next to me. You could sit next to me. be completely good. If you raise your hand to me, they would attack. If no. You, you couldn't even shake my hand. If you touched me, physical contact, they would, they would, they would attack. Wait, are you sit? That's so cool. And I was maybe about 12, 11, and I had them, had them fucking. What's like the, did they ever attack people? Yeah, it happened. It happened like one time I was, um, there was a guy one night tried to break into where, where we lived, mm -hmm. you know, and they got out and they, they attacked him, you know, tore him up, tore him up bad, you know. But uh, the story is that I was a little dog boy. That was the thing. Like they, like they was just no, I was no, I became like, oh, the dog boy, Randy, oh. the dog boy, the dog boy. It's like, oh, oh, if you know, oh, such, oh, you're talking about the dog boy. And so what was your... So you were living with your mom, though, at that time. Yeah. So then, like, what was she thinking about all your dogs? She liked this idea? Yeah, she didn't care. She didn't care. You Because know, they protected she, it, kept, it too. It kept me out of trouble. She kind of liked the animals low-key. Also, yeah. how long do you have to spend to train a dog like that? It's a long time, no? Yeah, it takes time. It, honestly, maybe it depends. Like, two months or so, a month. But it's just, like, consistent. It's just consistency. Wait, but how did you learn how to train them without like YouTube or any of those? There was no at that time. There's no YouTube. I don't. I don't have internet. Wait, so how'd you? We know don't what even to do? have electricity. We have uh, we have like lamps at night and shit like that. And I <laughs> I'm telling you, and I train them. I train them like no, no, on no, my but own. What did you do? Like, what did you say to them? Like, what did you do with them? What so do you mean? Think, I just train them. Like, what do you? Like, how's what do you it? Mean? Okay, so like how? Okay, so you have a puppy mm -hmm. and you're trying to train it to like you start with like the simple stuff like sit. Okay, knows, okay, you know sit. But with the raised hand and attack type vibe, no. how, do you, how does that work? My friends. Oh, okay. You know, so I'd get like one of my friends to come over and like we would just kind of like reenact stuff and like you're trying to get them to do over and over and over. So it's just so repetition, crazy. you know? And then we didn't have like the, the bite sleeves. Yeah, right? I was thinking that. So too. we would have to like, we'd have to make it. So we had like oh, cloth and, yeah, stuff and yeah. shit like that. You know what I mean? And we'd wrap, wrap a whole bunch of t-shirts and shit like that and then get them to bite you. And how long did you have these dogs for? Um, years, man. Maybe about five years or so. You know, five, maybe even six years before I came to America. So I read something. So you were born in Massachusetts, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you went to. Then I went to Jamaica. For how long? I went to Jamaica since. Well, I was when they sent me to Jamaica, I was probably like one or two, you know, and then I came back from Jamaica when I was 17. 
Okay, and then when you were 17, you were back here. Back here, and I went to Jamaica High School in Queens, New York. Okay, and then so you basically, so... Ever since, it's just been back and forth. Interesting, interesting. And as a kid, like, were you interested in fighting? Like, were you a fighter naturally? Not necessarily. I was... I didn't think I'd be a fighter, you know, but I just, I always was just, I was aggressive. I was kind of like, you know, I was just a free spirited kid. I was just mm -hmm. one of those people who would just, I'd try anything, you know what I mean? But it wasn't, I wasn't never, my plan was never to become a boxer or become a, a MMA fighter or nothing like that. It was not until I was about 15, I started training. When I started training, then I was like, all right, let me do this. But, but prior to that, there was no signs of me becoming a fighter or nothing like that. Why did you? I wanted training? to be a vet. You wanted to be a vet. Yeah, veterinarian. Because you, you loved animals that yeah. much. Why did you want to? Uh, why did you start training in the beginning? My mom, you know, my mom. She was like, you know what? Um, and I was, I was aggressive kid. You know what I mean? I, I would get into fights like anybody else. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And for me, I would just feel like I was not taking any kind of talk from still nobody. You know, I had a problem with um, authority. And for me, it's like, I'm just not going to take no type of disrespect. Right. You know, so I had a problem with authority. And my mom was like, oh, you want to fight? You like to fight people? All right. I'm going to show you. Go. So she brought me to the gym and she's like, go fight. Go fight. You want to fight, right? Mm. Gets my ass whooped, right? Yeah. And then. Humbles you. Humbles me. You know what I mean? And then I kept going. I kept going. And I always wanted to get it back, you know, until I started getting mm. it back, you know. And then and the rest is history. I've been in the boxing gym ever since. And then. Made the transition to MMA mm -hmm. and jiu-jitsu at, at least. Jiu-jitsu. Made the transition to jiu-jitsu and the rest is history. What? Why do you think you were aggressive as a as a kid? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, just the the just the, the culture of, of everyone around me. You know what I mean? The culture of the people around me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up... My, my upbringing was really intense. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Um, but I just saw it as normal, but it was not normal about it. You know, I grew mm -hmm. up around a lot of, a lot of, a lot of like, just intense motherfuckers. You know what I mean? That and and that was just normal to me. That type of behavior was normal to me. And then you're a product of your environment. Mm -hmm. And how many? Do you have siblings? Yeah. How many? I have eight brothers. Eight brothers, two sisters. So it's eleven of you. Yeah. God, wait. So, did you guys all like grow up living together? No, no. My dad was—he had like a—you know—he had—he has kids. He had kids all over the place. You know, at the time when he was younger, he was—he uh, was out here. Yeah, <laughs> he was out here. You know what I mean? And um, it's actually—it's actually pretty interesting that we all—we all, some of us have, have different moms and all that, but we all came together. And we still like we somehow we were drawn to each other and we all to this day we just it's more than keeping contact you know it's like yeah i have a sibling that i keep in contact like we all like grew together in a way uh, all 11 of you all of us so there's not even like one or two that are kind of like just random and yeah it's like, oh yeah that's my brother nah we all wow. like so pick up the phone right now call talk to him talk wow. to everybody we're all just like that's tight. amazing it, it is amazing. Different it's very unique that is very unique yeah. like do you guys all when you go back to jamaica like See each other? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. And, you know, yeah. and my dad's always super proud of that. That's like, and he's, you know, very, um, I don't want to get too deep, but 
you know, apologetic and, you know, it saddens him a whole bunch of stuff, but it's like, he's just proud and glad that for him, he calls it a miracle that we're all like still this close to this day and, somehow. <laughs> and cause, cause I think I, and I remember from, from your uh, post fight interview in the, and from your last fight mm-hmm. um, and you spoke about your dad and it was, I believe the first time he, he got to see you fight. Mm-hmm. What was, so he was, he was away for a while. Yeah. And that what was the reason that he, like this time he he's out of jail no so he was able to see you how he was able to see me because uh the warden the warden was he was able to see me they let them have that that a night like a a late night out everyone let everyone stay out just to see just wow. to see me fight so i got like a whole support system up in that's awesome up in lewisburg <laughs> so he's in lewisburg and he's yeah. been there for a long time yeah since you were since you were a boy since i was like a little kid What's that been like? So your mom basically raised you solo. Yeah, but uh, again, I don't want to get too crazy. You don't. With you don't it, have to talk about like, things you don't want. But to talk like about. my my mom, my mom got deported. Right when she got wow. deported, that's how I ended up in Jamaica at such a young age. That's why I tell you about captured land and all that type okay. of shit. It's like, what you doing on captured land? Like you're an American child. You right. know what I mean? Nah, my mom got deported, and I had to go with her. Right. So when I went, I was living in Jamaica. She has nothing now. She's just poor. We have nothing in Jamaica, right? So now I'm in the ghetto. I'm just back. And what am I going to do? She has this kid with her. I'm the baby. You know what I mean? And I was just, I just was just raised in Jamaica. But was the reasoning that of why uh, she got deported linked to To my dad? dad? Yeah, all of it. All of it. You know, he went down under like the RICO Act, and like it was a whole oh, big yeah. thing. It's I, a whole... I have I've had a lot of mafia guys on my show, so I know all about RICO. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's a whole thing, and it was and especially during that. That's during what the nineties era. The nineties. That's when they cracked down. And RICO yeah. was like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah. So wow. like, it was just it was just madness. You know what I mean? Lost everything. My dad was on top of the world. You know what I mean? Everybody. I remember as a kid. I'm a little. I got pictures. All I can show you pictures on my phone. Of just me decked out. I'm like a two year old baby. Just jewels everywhere. Wow. You know, my dad rings everything. You know what I mean? And this is in Springfield. This is in Springfield, right? Brooklyn. Oh, in remember, Brooklyn. I the, it was just like you things were, were happening in Springfield. I got, I don't know nothing about Springfield. Things were just happening in Springfield okay. because of the business. You see what I'm saying? I got it. So <laughs> my mom took a trip to to Springfield. There's a lot. There's a lot in both Brooklyn and Springfield. You see what I'm saying? I so I happen to be born in Springfield, but I'm not a Springfield you're, person. You're Brooklyn. You're Brooklyn. I don't know nothing about Springfield. Okay, you know what okay. I mean? So I, when I was born there, because she happened to be out there at the time, and then interesting, you know. That's why uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. People are like Springfield, Mass. I'm like, I don't know nothing about Springfield, Mass. I'm if ain't I'm more New York, Brooklyn, right, right, than than anything, and then and Jamaica, the island. And then people are like, yo, why you don't have an accent? You know, they're like, yeah, man, we can't switch it up. Yeah. We can't switch it up anytime. If they want to talk patois, we can't chew the patois on them. We exactly. can't do anything. You know, exactly. That's, it's just, you know. But you have the Brooklyn vibe to you too. You, got both, you got the best of both worlds. All of it is is what it is. That's so interesting. So do you do you remember like? What's what's your most vivid memory of your of your childhood like with your parents, or is it mostly just with your mom? Like, what age did your dad get sent away? Um, he got sent away. I was I was one. Okay. I was one or two or something like that when he got sent away, and um, that it's crazy because like my memories, a lot of my memories is like I would still come see him. Like sometimes, as a baby, like I would I remember talking to him on the phone i remember there was a time where he could do video we were so we're doing like okay, this video yeah. i would have to go to this this fucking box thing and see him on a video it was weird but i always remember even though he wasn't there he was always there 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 he always right. like he was just it was it wasn't this this weird thing to me just because of the way my household was set up, it was like that was normal. Like I would always talk to him, even though I wouldn't see him much. He was always involved in everything. Like I would always talk to him every damn day. You know, if, even if I'm in trouble, like I'm gonna call your dad, da, 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 and I'd be like, oh, don't call my dad. You know what I'm uh, saying? Like so, in a way, my dad was still there, and then he had a lot of a lot of reach outside of being in there. You know what I'm saying? So I had like uncles and quote unquote uncles that weren't even my uncles. You know what I'm saying? Just like his peoples right. would always come check on. They would drop off, you know, drop off this, drop off. They would just always look out. You know, I remember even. When they sent me, I came back. I was living in Jamaica, but I came back to to America for like a summer. And I remember just as a kid walking down the block, me and my older brother, like we used to play this game of like how much money we could get just walking down the block. <laughs> so we'd like walk down the block and people would just see us and see like, he's like, oh, this is the, the general son, general you and just start peeling off cash to us just because like, wow. you know, just because of my was, dad. You know what I'm saying? Was, was there any um, resentment though that you ever felt? Because of the fact that then you couldn't spend the time that you might have nah. wanted? Never. Nah. That's amazing. Nah, it was, was weird. Beautiful. Because I feel like that's because just the communication was always there. You know what I mean? So I never, there's, granted, there's a lot of stuff I missed out on for sure. I would have loved, but I feel like in Jamaica we say, well, yeah, you're going to see hot and a leap, right? So it's like kind of like, Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, I, yeah. It, it's out of sight, out of mind, I guess, right? So it's like for me, I don't I don't think I'm missing anything. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm still here. I'm just doing whatever. I'm living my life, you know. So I didn't really think about it too much. Maybe subconsciously there's things, I'm sure. But nah. And what's what's his sentence like? <laughs> it's, it's, I think it was it's a lot. I think it was a double life, you know, double life. So each life, life is 25, you know, so that's what, 50 years or so. And he's how many triple, years in? I don't know. Um, 20 something, probably like the first life sentence is done. But also there's there's a lot of different laws and stuff that are changing. It's so crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a special thing, especially with the Rico and the, yeah, that and kind the, of. The drugs and stuff like that are yeah. different now. You yeah. know what I mean? So a lot of the time for like the weed and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that a lot of those Things are different, so so a lot so of that has to get retracted. So we're working on it. So you still, so it's still in the process yeah, of like yeah. lawyers and all that. Yeah. And how old is he? Well, I'll say like, how old is he now? 50, 50, 58, 57, Yeah. And you speak, and you visit him or speak to him frequently still. Yeah, he called me yesterday. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, you know. And I think like it's, um. It's inspiring too, you know, like I think on a on a level of maintaining relationships with people that matter to you, especially in, under very difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I hope like people out there that listen to you um, who might have a parent that's incarcerated, you know, just showing that you can still feel that love and on mm -hmm. both ways um, is very important. And again, it's 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 I think it's a person to person basis too. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because like if you. If you're actively angry about something, I was never angry about anything. I knew my dad's a hustler, mm -hmm. my mom's a hustler, right? I everyone around me, I grew up around nothing but hustlers and gangsters, and that's just what it is. Yeah. And I I saw where that that led you. You know what I mean? Right. But I knew why they did it. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm like, all right, well, they 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 just try to get money to better their life. Right. You know, they don't know any else. They're they're right. they're immigrants. Right. You know. Yeah. No. They don't know anything else. 
this is what they know. Yeah. And, the, and they're going to do what they got to do to get the money. And so there was no resentment because as I grew up, my thing is I personally felt like if he was still around and everything was still moving how it was supposed to be moving, that's how I would, I wouldn't have been who I am today. Right. Mm. I wouldn't have been the person I am today, you know, because I wouldn't have had, I would have just fell in line. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. But when I see the consequences and I've seen everything and, you know, him constantly telling me like, yo, nah, like you're special. You you could do this. You could do yeah. something different. Like, you know, you're, 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 you're a smart kid. You know what I'm saying? Like he always like told me those things. You know what I mean? I was just like, nah, like you be, you can be, you can be better than everybody. You can do this. You can, you're going to be the, the one, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I take those, the, those lessons from him and I just put it somewhere else. It's pretty incredible too. Cause I feel like for him to hear, you know, from where for where he's at to to hear about your career and like all the awesome things you're doing yeah. and going to continue to do, that must be such a a proud moment for him and also like pretty surreal, you know, like he's probably followed your whole career and then like this was his first time being able to watch you yeah. live. That must be like an insane feeling. It is. <laughs> I can't even imagine what that what that feels like for him. You know what I mean? He used to box back in the day. So he used to try to tell me His like hand. stuff to do. Like, oh, like we should be doing it mixed you I'm like, listen, man, what are you talking about? It's like you you have no idea what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm gonna show you what I do. So he got to see what I how I look and what I do. And he's like, oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> Especially my last fight. That yeah, performance no. was insane. So I he's know. looking like, yo, this oh, yeah. He's like, like oh, he's, in his head, he's like, oh, this motherfucker fight. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that he was going to be able to watch it before? Yeah, he told me. Okay, so told, you knew. Yeah, he told me. So the the warden, you know, he's been there a while. He got a lot of respect now. You know, it's just put he put in his time. And it was like every, like I said, the whole, sometimes they would be able to hear my fights. So they can't watch it, but it's locked down. So they'll leave the TV, the guards will leave the TV on. So oh. they, the whole cell block would hear it, would hear it. And whenever so I won, quiet. They would all kick the door yeah. and the whole cell block is just rumbling of them kicking the door in celebration of my win. That's you know? Awesome. So like it's Do you have videos of that by any chance? No. They they don't see it. <laughs> oh, there's no video of that. So it's, interesting. it's it's you know, maximum security. Yeah, yeah. But um but it's, it's cool, man. It's dope. Whenever I go there and visit, it's everybody showing me love from the guards to just yeah. other other people, you know what I mean? So it's always love. It's always love. It's been always love with my dad and me and my dad got a great relationship. My mom same thing. Me and her have a great relationship. We were more together, especially when we were in Jamaica. So it's how we butt heads a lot more because we're there and I'm right. there. And for her, she didn't want to see me when I was in Jamaica. The reason they even sent me back, she didn't want to see me go down, quote unquote, a bad path in Jamaica. But, you know, moms are overprotective. Yeah, of so, um, you know, a lot of times she would go to work and do what she's doing, you know, selling her clothes. And I'd just be I'd be just around you know i just be around my dogs i'd be up in the hills even when i go back to visit i brought her i brought her with me one time to go visit and um dude's looking at me and, and my and i'm like are you like you my my uncle goes you remember him you remember this 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 you and then he's like he's like no i don't remember and he's looking at me and i remember i was telling her the story she never believed me about the dog stories i'm like yeah, i swear yeah. to god i'm telling you, you think i'm joking like i because she had a dog i was like yo i could train this thing to be a, a, a monster you have dogs now i have a, a pit bull yeah he does some tricks. So it's, it's her dog, but it's uh, it's that's it's it's different. It's not like my dogs in Jamaica. Like, it's a, that's a family dog. Yeah, that dog was 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 different. Yeah. That dog, <laughs> those dogs was different. And uh, we train. I trained it. I was telling her like, yo, I could train this dog to do whatever, man. Whatever you want, I could make him be like, tit. Like he'll be listening to everything, just like at attention, at ease, whatever. You don't need a leash, nothing. You know, but um, so we're looking at the guy and the guy's looking at me and he's like, he's like, no, nah, I don't remember. And he's like, 
Hold on. Are you what a little dog boy? Are you what a little dog boy, Randy? And I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, yo. And she was like, oh my God. Like, he recognized you as the uh, dog boy? That's so funny. It was a wrap. I'm telling her. Damn. So do you, like, when you go back to Jamaica, do they all know you as, like, UFC fighter? Like, that now, guy? yeah. Yeah. Now. <laughs> you now. like that clout, don't you? <laughs> it's, not even nah. about, it's not even about the clout. Nah, it's just, it, for me, it's more like, when I go back to my neighborhood, it's cool, you know, to see, like, for me, I want to show them, like, no matter the circumstances, because yeah. I'm from here. I'm yeah. from this. You know what I mean? When I hear people say, oh, I'm from the gutter, I'm from this, it's cool. I get it. You know, everybody has their struggles, but I'm truly from nothing. Yeah. And 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 I don't try to glorify that. I don't try to, like, put it on the forefront of my story or nothing like yeah. that. I'm from nothing. And I love to go back and show those young kids, like, listen, man, yeah. it's way more to, to the world than just this. Right. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people are just stuck in their little box, you know, and for what I'm doing is an anomaly, you know, MMA, people don't even in Jamaica don't know what the fuck MMA is, you know what I mean? But it's another avenue for you to get out. It's another avenue for you to build and create something of yourself, you know? And even if you don't make it to wherever, you, the, you know, but what I've done in martial arts, martial arts for me has been the journey of martial arts has taken me beyond uh, just wanting to become champion. Obviously, those are my ultimate goals, right? Mm -hmm. But the things that martial arts has given me, besides just the ability to learn how to defend myself, it's amazing. It's amazing. What, what for you, what are some of those, the biggest things that MMA has given you as a human being? Opportunity. Mm -hmm. Opportunity to tell my story. Mm -hmm. um, opportunity to use um, my platform to, to reach back to people for where I was at. Opportunity to, 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 to have a, a a life that I that I've always wanted, you know what I mean. Not that I'm crazy rich or anything, but it's just I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable, and the only reason I'm comfortable is because of martial arts. I know nothing else. Me, the kid who I am. If y'all knew who I was before this, I shouldn't be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing. No one could have predicted I'd be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing. Mm. You know, even my own family members they they tell you, you know, like nah. What was the, what was the switch though? Was it start your your beginning of training? Yeah. Just martial arts legitimately saved my life. Martial arts, you know, martial, getting into martial arts. And another thing I credit to Sensei Nardu is my head instructor, meeting him. Okay. He gave me a whole new outlook on, on, on just combat sports. Initially at 15, I just wanted to box. I wanted to hurt people, right. you know. And when I, would, I had to go to, you know, Henzel Gracie Academy yep. right here on 34th. Yep. So there was a tech school. After I left uh, high school, there was a... There's a, I had to go to school. So I was going to this tech school. Mm -hmm. My brother was like, yo, you got to go to school, bro. You got to go to school or get a job. You got to do something. I was like, all right, I'll go to school. So I was going to TCI and I was studying uh, industrial electronics, right? Okay. And I was, I was boxing on and off at the time still, you know, and I wanted to find another boxing gym to go to because I was traveling back and forth to Jamaica again. And it's like everything, I just needed a good gym to settle down. And I saw every time I Googled anything, it was MMA this or MMA that or jujitsu this. And I'm like, yo, what is this? I didn't know what it was. I didn't even watch it on TV. And then one day I saw BJ Penn versus Joe Stevenson, mm. right? And I was like, oh, shit, this is yeah. crazy, <laughs> right? And then it was just in the back of my mind, whatever. Then I go one day, I wanted to train. I got excited and I'm, I'm Googling boxing gyms again. And I see Henzo Gracie Academy. And I'm like, oh, jujitsu, that's, the, that's mm -hmm. the, those cage fighting mm -hmm. stuff. I'm like, let me go in this gym and see yeah. what they doing, man. Let me go in there and see what they doing. Like, I know I got better hands than all these dudes in my mind. I'm like, I could box these dudes up easy. I go there. 
dude got geese on. Shout out to shout out to Gino. Right? Gino was there. That was the first person I ever rode with. He had his gi on or whatever. They all tiny little dudes. Some of them, you know, some of them were big. And I'm like, whatever. They put me in a in a gi. Like, yeah, go ahead, you can roll. You know, get my first roll. They showed me how to do an armbar. This little dude tied me in a pretzel. He did whatever the fuck he wanted to do to me. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, right? And I was just like, all right, whatever. Humbling. It was humbling. And then at the time, I'm broke. I'm just going to school. And I'm like, yo, I like this. I want to keep coming back. Yeah. So I got my uh I got my refund from uh you know, you get the student loan refund that you get oh, at the yeah. end of the year. I went over there and I just gave them everything. I gave them all. It was probably like, it wasn't a lot. It was probably what, like three grand or something, three, four grand or something like that. I just gave it to them. And I was like, how long could this get me to train? All right. And I just trained. I just trained for mad long until until it was ran out. And then I was getting good, but I was going every day in between classes twice a day. I was just grinding, 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 grinding. And then... It ran out and ultimately Pete was a Jamaican dude who worked the front desk. And Pete goes, he goes, listen, man, I know you like to train, um, but I know you don't have no money. Right. So how would you like to come in, clean the mats early and then train for free? And I was like, yeah. So I used to clean the mats at Hensel Gracie Academy on 30, on 30, wow. was it 30th Street over there. And, uh, and then I used to train and let me train. And. I was just grinding. I, everybody knew I wanted to fight. I was one of them brash kids. Always, yeah. I was like, you know, I was talking and telling people like, oh, yeah, I want to fight. I want to fight. But what what is it about like the, like why, at this point in, in your life, why do you fight? Now? Now I fight for money. 100%. Yeah. I fight for money. A lot of people ain't going to tell you that. No. I, I respect, whenever I a fighter says that, it's like, it's of course. I fight for a better life for me and my family. Period. Nothing more, nothing less. And if I inspire people along the way plus hell yeah i love it but i'm not some guy will tell you i'm setting out to my whole goal is to fighting is bigger than me and i want to help these people over here and want them to, that's great and all that is a part of that's that i love that i genuinely love that mm -hmm. but that's not why i'm fighting I, i'm fighting for me yeah i'm fighting for my kids you know what i mean i'm fighting to create a legacy bigger than what my dad left you know what i'm saying i want to change i'm changing the narrative for me and mine, and that's what I want. So now let's shift to, to fighting real quick. To 15 days out? 15 days out? Yeah, right. about. Um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Chaos Williams, featured prelim bout. Mm -hmm. ESPN, big pay-per-view. How are we feeling about it as of today? Feeling good, man. Feeling good, ready to go. How are your toes, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you. Are uh, they going to be dislocated again? Uh they're they're not going to be dislocated this time. Um, you sure about that? I'm positive this time. This time we're gonna put it in it. We're gonna put it in the right places so yeah. it don't break. <laughs> but um, hey, it was it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. They had to go in, uh, reattach some some ligaments and slide up some bones back into places. And mm. you know, it is what it is. You can and so. Is kicking like do you change the way you kick now? No. It's strong. I'm back. So like if you kick if you kick the same way you did last time. Will it break? Yeah. It's stronger now because it, it broke. So the thing is it calcifies. Oh, okay. So if you break it safe if you broke your arm right now. Yeah. Or you broke your knuckles, right? If it heals and it heals properly, it's gonna be stronger than what it was before. So it's not compromised. And I have a, a is that a metal true for everything now. though? Because I feel like some people like they break like the same hand over and over. And it's because they have if it doesn't heal properly, ah, if it healing. doesn't set right, you know what I mean. And the certain ligaments are off and all that, you know. Fuck. 
So but once you get a good doctor and you get do it right and you take the proper time to let it truly heal, it'll be double, double as strong as it was before. And so, so we, I mean, we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but like, what do you see in your eyes without giving away your game plan? Like how you and chaos goes down? <sighs> Listen, man, I think, I think chaos is a tremendous fighter. I think he's athletic. I think he's powerful, mm-hmm. which is his biggest asset and the great equalizer. You know what I mean? Is that that one hit a quitter? But I believe that I'm I'm highly skilled, man. Ultimately, skills pay the bills, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you can't hit nothing with that power, then it's gonna you're gonna have a tough time. Um, but I'd say he's one of my biggest threats since in my career, ever in my career. And um, I see I see me just styling on him, man. I yeah. see me just picking him apart, you know. In a kind of like dancing around hitting not get hit that type of just slick just slick man anywhere we take it if you want to take it to the ground you know i think i think I, I could beat him there you know i think i could beat him on the on the feet i think i could i could do a lot of things in this fight i have multiple ways to win in this fight you know whereas i believe he has one which is super dangerous his one is a yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's it like being in a cage when you know like that your opponent's principal way of winning is really just to take your head off um I don't know. It's just how do I ex- explain that? My personality has always just been very nonchalant, and I think that fighting brings out who you are the most. Right. And I think that's what it is. You'll see me just being me. As a, I'm not gonna panic. I'm not gonna do anything out of character. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that, and that comes from confidence and sparring. Right. And training. I've seen it in training multiple times. So no matter how intense he's coming at me i'm not gonna be flustered you know what i mean i'm gonna see it and still execute what i need to get off do you feel like before you get into the cage because like i've known you for like not like an hour or so now Mm. extremely nice guy Mm. like but you go in there your job is to literally go hurt someone viciously you can um do you feel like you turn something on that's like this different mindset or no just I don't know, man. Because like, if really somebody met on. you, like they didn't know you, yeah. they'd be like, they'd be like, "Guys, right, nice ass dude." Like, I don't, you know <laughs> what I mean? They don't expect that you go and punch people for a living. Um, I, there's no switch, really. It's, listen, it's I train every day. Mm-hmm. I'm in a gym every day, so essentially, I'm just doing what I do every day with just no gear on in front of everybody. In your underwear. In my underwear, unfortunately, <laughs> in front of the world, naked to the world. Yeah. But uh, that's what it is. It's just, I, there's no attachments to it. No, there's no emotional attachments to what I do. You know what I mean? That's why I always, it's always weird to me when people get, oh, now I'm mad. So now it's going to be this. And I'm like, bro, I was, I've been was going to break your face with a smile. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you think yeah. now that you're mad, if you were, if I wasn't mad and I'm sitting and you let me mount you and I'm sitting on your chest. You think I wasn't gonna <laughs> posture up and, and crack you with this elbow, right? Or because now yeah, I'm no. mad, I'm gonna do it. No, it's all gonna be my intent will remain the yeah. same, and that's uh, that's just uh, comes from being resolved from the beginning, and understanding what you're getting yourself into, and knowing I'm resolved to the very end of what this is, you know. So won't change. Is there a mental preparation that you that you undergo as well, either during fight camp, before, during the fight? How do you keep yourself mentally sharp as well? No, no. For me, and everybody's different. I don't have a therapist. She's been telling me I need therapy for the longest. (laughs) Ah, yeah. We gotta get you in general, not you. Like, (laughs) not like you have so many issues. I feel like in general, like therapy is good. 
it is. I'm sure it is. Um, and I'm open to, to to therapy. I think that I do need. I personally do need therapy, but um, I don't know. I just don't think if for for the sport that I do, I think that I I have a, a healthy mindset. Yeah, you know, for I what I do, you know, personally, I don't think that um, I don't need a mental preparation because mm-hmm. it's like I'm not in my own head. Right. It's it's not a, a lot of extra thoughts. You know, it's not too many minds. Right. You know, it's for me, it's. It's, it's a level of emptiness, man. It's just weird, you know? And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves. And now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. It is, it's what I was telling you when we were getting food. Like, y'all are fucking strange. Yeah, we are. Crazy psychopaths. Like, we are. We are a little out there. But I love it. I think it's like the... Like, you guys are living so... I mean, a lot of you. I'm not going to say all of you. Like, it's so, like... It's got to be so fulfilling, too. I mean, you yeah. guys work so fucking hard. Absolutely. Um, Physically, emotionally, everything. Yeah. It's a, diff- it's a different kind of... You guys are different kind of human beings. For sure. I, I agree. You know, it's it's nothing like, you know, making so many sacrifices in your mm-hmm. life and putting it all out on the line every day, three sessions a day, diets and just, just grinding, pushing your boundaries and pushing, testing your body mm-hmm. to that very limit before you actually break or 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 do permanent harm to yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just you're playing with that boundary and every you're pushing it further and further and further and you're breaking boundaries. It's very satisfying to go in the octagon and perform against another man that's doing the same thing as you and be successful in front of the world. You know, that's that when you raise your hand, there's nothing like that. It's a drug. It's a drug. If I tell you in five years, where do you want to be at? Mm -hmm. For me? Career, personally. For me, I, I want to have a fat bank account. <laughs> At the ultimate, Tell Dave to start yo. negotiating them contracts. Let's go. I, I want to have so much money. And for me, it's like I don't even care about fame and stuff like that. I just want my family to be good. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to help people, you know, that I came up with. I want to be able to open my gym and, and help other fighters achieve that feeling that I just described right. to you. Um, that's it for me, man. I just want to be I just want to be paid, yeah. you know, and I want to be able to pay it forward, you know. So whether that comes with me being a world champion, um, whether that comes with me having to create other, using my platform or the money that I get from fighting to create other avenues of other avenues for money outside mm-hmm. of fighting, whatever it may be, I just want to be successful and I want people to know me as a bad motherfucker. Like when this dude fights, you know, like I, he nice. That's it. Yeah. I just that's it. When people mention my name, I just want them to say, "Yo, yeah, Randy's nice." You notice how. When they talk about 
Jose Aldo, for instance. You talk about Jose yeah, Aldo. Yeah. People would be like, yo, he's a bad who's, the, who's the top this? Who's the top dog? Who's the top this? Back in the day when they used to talk about yeah, him, right? Yeah. Who's the top? And they'd be like, oh, the best best takedown defense or the best this. And they'd be comparis- like comparing like who's the best guy. And then you'd say like, oh, yeah, but Jose Aldo. And then someone would be like, nah, but that's Jose Aldo, yeah. though. You can't. Like, let's not. That's Jose Aldo, though. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that's how I want people to talk about me, you know? <laughs> is For you, like, if I say legacy, is that that's the legacy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Enough said. Yeah. Well, I could talk to you for hours, but I uh, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time, especially, uh, you know, with the fight in a couple weeks. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you get in there, especially now that I know you. Now I'm going to be standing up on the TV as opposed to before and I might have been laying down. But, uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate you. And I, uh, and I think that, like, honestly, on so many levels, I think just the way that you uh, approach life in general – business, family, whatever it is, is um is very like reasonable and and like intelligent, you know? And I think like that's um I hope that people feel the same way listening to you and uh and I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for for taking the time. No doubt, my man. Thanks for having me, bro. Boom.